Hi, I'm Jess, co-host of the Elder Tree podcast and herbalist at Evans Head Naturopathy. You're listening to the Self-Care with Herbs segment, where each month I invite a new guest to chat about how weaving plants into their days enriches their experience of self-care, exploring routines, rituals and recipes for elevating mind, body and spirit. Today, I'm really excited to be sharing an interview with local artist Daly Ella. Daly lives on an intentional community on beautiful Banjalang country, where she creates stunning botanical relief prints on handmade, plant-infused and dyed paper. Daly has a deep connection with the land upon which she lives and the plants around her. And it's this connection that is expressed through her work as an artist, printmaker, illustrator and textile designer. During our enriching chat, we explored Daly's first connection with the natural world and the plants around her as a child growing up in the bush of far north Queensland. Daly shares how the creation of a thriving veggie patch as a young mama helped her begin to develop a deeper relationship with the plants, watching the process and tending the plants from seed through to bloom. Daly shares how spending time in her garden is her deepest form of self-care, observing, planting, harvesting and using individual plants for her art as medicine and for nourishment of her family. We explore how this deep connection inspired her to want to celebrate individual plants through an entire growth cycle, deepening her observation of the plants in their cycles and creating a real ode to specific plants, including her stunning ode to calendula, printed on paper infused with calendula petals harvested from her garden. Alongside her observations of the cyclical nature of her garden and the plants around her, Daly has also been deepening her awareness of herself as a cyclical menstruating woman. Menstrual cycle awareness and recognising how her needs and abilities change with her cycle has been an epiphany and allowed her to tailor her self-care to the different phases of her cycle. Daly shares her favourite rituals and practices for each of the four phases of her menstrual cycle and how listening to her cyclical whispers helps bring ease and calm each month. I really hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. Welcome, Daly. Hey Jess, <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'm really excited about having a chat today. Yeah. I've been yeah. loving following your work and seeing how your artwork has evolved. And I've always really um, loved how you use your land and the plants around you as your inspiration. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to start off today with a question that really takes us back to the beginning of how your relationship with plant medicine began. So let's start right back at the beginning. Okay. Um, I had a good think about this question um, when you sent them to me prior and I, it was really nice to sit and think back and wonder if there was a particular moment or was it a, a journey and definitely a journey and when I really thought back to where my really deep love of plants began I would say that it was um, my childhood growing up in far north Queensland Beautiful. so surrounded by just the most epic nature mm. and we lived on a bush block 
Park um, in Coranda. And um, my parents built their house there. Half the block was bush. And um, so we also spent a lot of time camping um, as a family. And I think that early childhood years where we were really outdoors kids in the tropics were always outside and always running around. And I feel like that began, like that was in me, you know, the natural world was in me and the forests were Mm. in me. And I think that's where it really began. And then when I look back to my teen years, um, again, we were so immersed in nature and the most incredible places that when we would party as teenagers we didn't go to town we went to the most incredible waterfalls and we camped and we um were pretty experimental uh uh, teenagers (laughs) so we had a lot of fun yeah experimenting with plant medicines um and uh magic mushrooms yes and I feel like those experiences really began um a deep uh, knowing of my interconnectedness mm-hmm. with the plants yep. and the fungi and life. Yeah, all around world. you. Yeah, yeah. and I, th- I think that that was really, um, that was all really formative for me. Um, yeah, with my plant relationships. And after that, like I've looked at sort of from that time and my journey as an artist mm-hmm. um, and what my subject matters have always been around uh, exploring growth mm-hmm. and connection to um, to life and myself mm-hmm. and um, relationship to uh, processes in nature and so I've always explored those things through uni and when I um, lived in Fremantle mm-hmm. um, 14 years ago and wow. we had our first boy Oka. Yes. He we had been living in a house truck and we had been travelling around Australia and mm-hmm. really exploring some mm. of the most amazing natural yes. places in Australia. Yes. It's just the most epic land. Yeah. It's so diverse. Yes. And, um that was such an incredible time. Mm. And when our first boy Oka was born, we just had this really strong urge to stop. Um, uh-huh. move out of the truck. Ah. And we got a little house in the suburbs in Fremantle mm-hmm. and um, we turned the whole backyard into an epic veggie patch. Oh, wow. And we got some chickens yeah. and, and it was just like sand. Yes. So, you know, yeah. we built that soil yeah. um, up and we grew lots of veggies and lots of herbs. And, oh, wow. And that was my first um, very solid big garden. Mm. And I, I think that that really began um, my deeper relationships yeah. into plants and my inspiration of the watching the process from seed to bloom. Yes, and, yes. And that, so now everywhere I've gone from then to now, there's been a garden. Mm-hmm, um, mm. It hasn't been too many places, but um, for the last 10 years we've lived on a beautiful, intentional community mm-hmm. just um, about 20 minutes from Evans Head here and that 10 years has been a process of um, building our homes from scratch, um, milling timber, wow. and also building soil, and our garden has just getting bigger and bigger mm. and bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger. Yes, I've seen um, the expansion. <laughs> every yeah. time we yeah. work in it, we push the fence out a little bit yeah. more, yeah. and we're, that's a real process of building soil because we're on an ancient sandstone mm. beach. 
in the forest and not much topsoil. So we've really been building soil and yes. more and more plants are going in and yeah. I'm finding more and more ways to relate to them and use them in my life and in my work. Beautiful. And yeah, so I guess... My yeah, and my and your and your love of those plants I see is overflowing. One of your sons is a real gardener. Yeah, my yeah. youngest guy, yeah. Album, yeah. He's, he's a real foodie. Okay, so his, his love of of gardening and plants comes from wanting to eat them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he loves yes. to cook. Yes. He loves to eat. Everything. Beautiful. So he's um very much yeah, and he's he's a gentle soul. So yeah. he loves to be out. Yeah, I've seen his bunches of carrots. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> much like the digging really <laughs> the, the, the harvesting and the harvesting <laughs> yeah. and the cooking yeah. that's and gorgeous I love that I love yeah. that we share that at this yeah. point in time yeah, yeah sure. and so <laughs> when you talked about that garden back in WA can you remember some of the first herbs that you sort of love to plant and have in that patch yeah mostly culinary herbs yeah. at that time yeah. so um all of them, like really all the Mediterranean Beautiful. herbs we had then, yeah. so that Mediterranean climate and yeah. sandy soil. And, yeah. Um, I do really remember my sage going particularly well. Ah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, whereas I've had a bit of trouble with yes, it here. Yes, I do too. Rose and it dies. Yeah. So my sage, I remember there being like, oh, Really lush. Yeah, <laughs> you missed that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is where I grew my first calendula as well. Oh, wow. Um, and calendulas are really special one for me. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. And I, I remember just growing it with flowers and mm-hmm. just loving it, but mm. not yet knowing much about mm. it. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit more about how that relationship with calendula has evolved. Um. Well, I guess, I guess I I knew that it was a very beautiful healing mm. um, plant mm-hmm. from early on. Um, I guess I've, I've always had a really inquiring mind. I've mm-hmm. always asked why, mm-hmm. and I think that has really led me to question the um, kind of the medical. The yeah. Straight up medical system that yeah. we have here, and yeah. I think growing up, every time I would go to the doctor and something was up, they would say like, "Take this and take that," and I would ask, "What why? and why?" Yes. <laughs> and yes. I think I remember um, always being drawn to the shops where there were the balms made from plants, yes. and I knew those plants. And, yes. And so I knew early on that calendula was mm. healing, and I have used it in balms mm-hmm. probably my whole life. Yeah. Um, so I guess it began there and then growing it that first time, I didn't really make that connection of that I'm going to use it in that Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. but since living up uh, where we are now Mm. on the land, I've grown calendula every year and, um, I've been making a healing balm with Mm. it for probably the last maybe five years. Mm. It's a real annual thing. I've made a balm with calendula. And then I've wild harvested chickweed and Beautiful. plantain. Oh, and those three yes. I'll add together and yeah. um, infuse an oil and make a balm. And then Gorgeous. I make a big amount for the year and enough to give to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and what sorts yeah. of things do you use the balm for? Um, pretty much like any kind of scrape yeah. or bite yes. or yeah. even sunburn sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of like... Exmary thing mm. that sometimes my boy gets. And yeah. 
Yeah. Biggest strong affinity for the skin, hey? Yeah. Really beautiful. And what other herbs have you got growing at the moment? Oh, at the moment I've got so many. Mm. Um, Around our little... So we've built a little, we call it the gingerbread house. Oh, gorgeous. A little yeah. house, which is eventually going to be my partner's instrument maker. Oh. So it's ultimately going to be all of his studio and then wow. the other guest space. But we're living in it at the moment yes. we're building another space. Yeah. And around that building, I've got lots of culinary herbs. Mm-hmm. So you can just pop out and grab them. Beautiful. So I've got big rosemary. And nice. I've got oregano growing out of the cracks all along the path. And mm-hmm. I've got um, thyme, all the thymes and... I've got some other interesting ones like self heal, okay. which I don't, I'm not very mm. in relationship with that one mm-hmm. so much yet. Um, I've got quite a few bush foods growing at the front there too. Beautiful, lots of lavender. Gorgeous. All we yeah. watch the bees from the yes, bees. yes. Um, and then down in our main patch. Um, oh, you know what the main herb is we have at the moment is mint. Oh, oh my God. but it's a monster. <laughs> oh my goodness! I wish the snails eat my mint. I cannot grow oh, it. <laughs> it's pretty much in the wet and from the floods. Yeah, the all that rain, the mint's just taken over. Oh. So at the moment, I'm like, I love you, mint, but I don't love you that much right now, and I'm kind of pushing yes. it back. Yeah, uh, and I've got peppermint, beautiful, and, cheese, and I grow rosella and oh, lovely. Um, Cornflowers and yeah, um, lots of bits for tea. Yes, yeah. Um, you can just go out and grab a posy. Yeah, yeah. that's so tea. nice. What else have they got in there? Rose and um, yeah, lots of parsley. All of them. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And that garden, I know. Echinacea. Ah, oh, how does echinacea go in your garden? Yeah, pretty okay. Okay. This is. I've just dug it all up to move it because I don't think it was happy where it was mm-hmm. but um it's been set like growing mm. I've been waiting to harvest it till I get a good amount mm. so, but it grows pretty well that's I beautiful need to move it somewhere a bit sunnier yeah which I'm doing at the moment. yeah yeah beautiful lots of flowers oh that's gorgeous yeah. and I know that that space really influences your artwork very much so. Yeah. 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 And do you want to tell us a little bit how about about how that's come about and your evolution as an artist? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so my garden is very much m- my place of inspiration, mm-hmm. I guess, as are the forests and, the, mm. um, yeah, all of the wild mm. places. But my garden is a real um, place where I just get really deep into the beauty of plants mm-hmm. and I feel like um, I I think about it, you know, as how I'm going to interact with it and it's, you know, I walk into it and I know that there's things that I need and, and there's spaces that are experimenting and so I guess it's, um, as an artist, it is where this mm. point in time yeah. in my life as an artist, yes. my, all my inspiration is coming from there. Yes. I'm so in love with the plants. And yes. It's so beautiful. And I um, have all I've been drawing and carving mm-hmm. directly from plants in my garden. But mm-hmm. about a year ago, I started making paper. Yes. Um, and so I was making prints and I was trying to source paper and, and I was finding it feeling a bit just not great 
ordering paper coming mm. from overseas yeah. or um, not sure who had made it mm. or if they were okay. <laughs> like yeah. All of those yeah. things. Lots of uncertainties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I decided, well, I want to make my own paper. Mm-hmm. And I made paper as a kid and like everyone uh, makes paper yeah. as a kid. They love it. Yes. Yeah, people say, oh, I made it as a kid. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I began to make paper, mm-hmm. I immediately started to harvest plants from my garden and infuse yeah. into the paper and I was experimenting yes. doing that. And then I started playing with colour and mm-hmm. dye from those plants. Ah. And, um, and then that really led me into um, wanting to really celebrate certain plants mm-hmm. through an entire growth cycle yes. of planting a seed and letting that plant grow and really being in relationship with that plant yes. over that time and yes. then um, harvesting from it and mm-hmm. infusing that into the paper, mm. which then I would draw, draw the plant, mm-hmm. carve it carefully and print it onto that paper. Uh, so real like a real ode to yes. um, those plants and there's four in particular that I have um, done that particular process yeah with. tell and us tell us um, what they are calendula. yes I love, calendula. I love that oh to calendula <laughs> yeah. one's beautiful yeah. calendula and elder uh-huh. is another really special yes um plant in our garden mm-hmm. that we use in various ways mm. um and then rose because mm. it's just so oh, beautiful yes <laughs> so hot yes heart rose um, and the other one is cornflowers, ah. yeah, which I haven't done, don't do a lot with, mm-hmm. but I, um, I'm really wanting to learn more about mm. cornflowers. I've used them for eye, like, yes. eye yes. baths yes. and tea mm. and to decorate cakes. Mm, they're so beautiful, aren't they? <laughs> so and they beautiful. just make a tea just look yeah, so beautiful. So yeah. Beautiful. So yeah. those four plants, you must know quite well, you know, you've, you've yeah. woven through that cycle with all four of those and yeah, yeah have like a, a really nice close relationship. Yeah, and, and deepening all of the time. And yes. As I learn a little bit more about what medicine they have mm. or what nourishment they have, I I go a little bit deeper. And as I save the seed, and mm. as I and, and I think a big part of of my process as an artist at the moment is that witnessing, like being in observation and being in relationship to the the process of the the seasons and the cycles yes. of the growth. And yes. The seed and that care and the soil, yes. building the soil, yes, and understanding, yeah. Again, it's the interconnectedness, mm. but um, yeah. Mm. And as you said with echinacea, like really observing what plants do well where and who yeah. they want to be near and all of yeah. that, you're mm. really starting to yeah. yeah. I'm very much a kinesthetic yes. and visual learner. Yes. So for me, I just do and yes. observe and continue mm. to like evolve and, and yeah. learn that way. Yes. So my garden has been a very uh, like evolving yes. process of things being moved around mm-hmm. and things coming up in places and really seeing, oh, they Well, you like it there. Yeah. Like yeah. You can stay there. <laughs> yeah. Me too, totally. like it a little bit too much here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You can go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I know that at times um, – just with the nature of your work, there's often a period of really intense busyness and then 
you know, as you release new works. And I'm wondering at that time, I imagine that self-care is is quite important to help you get through that process, which leads us into our next question. What does self-care mean to you? Um, uh, this one, so that's nice that you related that back to my work as an artist and how I'm um, working in, yeah, these intense mm. periods because... I very much, um, because of the nature of my work, Mm -hmm. I have to, like, really think forward. Yeah. And um, because it's so process-based, there's so much involved in every stage of the paper, the growing, the paper making, and then the carving and the printing and the drying. Yes. There's a lot in it. And... I re- and plus running. Yes, you know, you're a one-woman show. Yeah, plus <laughs> yeah. running your business yeah. and also doing illustration yes. work and also I'm working on textile stuff at the moment. Yes. And, um, so plus running all of that at the same time, I just in the last couple of months mm-hmm. had an epiphany. Ah. And this is a really big one, I think, for my self-care mm-hmm. around me being a one-woman show, being an artist at this time in the world, yes. being a mother, yes. being a homesteader, like building, we're yeah. still building. Yes. <laughs> we're, we want a community and we give back to the community. And so in amongst all of that, my epiphany was I need to start looking at my work in a weekly cycle and I need to start looking at it in a monthly cycle. Mm. And I just realised I this is all my life is, flexible in inverted commas yes. <laughs> because we are choosing to do it. We're also homeschooling our yes. kids. So yes. forgot to add that one. Yes, <laughs> yes that's a rather large one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so everything is we can choose when things happen. Yes. There's always so many things happening yes. that we can, we can um, plan. So I realised that if I look at my um, art practice over the month, mm-hmm. I know that um, in different phases of my cycle, I need different self-care. Yeah. And so that was really, that's actually uh, for two months I've practiced this now. Awesome. And I'm seeing that it's going to take me some time to yes. um, fine-tune fine tune yeah. and get in a flow. And sometimes, you know, mm, life happens. happens. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think running my business on a monthly cycle. And having that menstrual cycle awareness woven into it. awareness yeah. is what's really going to yeah. um, allow me to have and, and weave in my mm. self-care. And I guess myself, what it means to me, what self-care means to me is is that, like having an awareness that I'm a menstruating woman and yes. I've, got, I've got different things that I need at different times. Yes. It's not always the same what I need. Yes. Um, I do know that movement is very, very important. Mm. Um, and I know that, and that's in some phases of my cycle yeah. and others. And different know, types of movement. Yeah, different, different types phase. of movement. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes just time alone is mm. really important. Mm. Nature is really important. Yeah. Um, and that being in the garden and having that that's they're all really important yeah for me absolutely. how I'm eating well and yes food. yes <laughs> yeah, all of all those pillars yeah. Yeah. yeah and so when you aren't able to do 
do that regularly or if life gets in the way or if, you know, busyness overcomes you, what sorts of whispers do you start to hear from your body saying, hey, come on, self-care time now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I very much my cyclic um, whispers. So Mm. I will know if I haven't tended to myself Mm. in the month, I know that in my pre-bleed and my take phase, I will know then if I haven't cared for myself. That's when I will feel really unbalanced, super grumpy and um, really tired Mm. and drained and really insular. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a really big it's more like a shout. <laughs> mm. that it's way. almost like that cycle is amplified. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When so, you when yeah, you're not able very, to. Very much. Yeah. So, so um, also I feel it in other phases of my cycle. You know, if I am feeling really hyperactive in my mm-hmm. do phase and my mm-hmm. estrogen rising phase, and I just can't quite do enough, mm-hmm. that's a bit unbalanced as well. So mm. my cyclic flow really tells me a lot, mm. and then the other things that I have learned over the last few years that really whisper to me Mm -hmm. about um, where I'm at mentally and emotionally is where I hold tension. Mm. And I've realised that I hold a lot of my mental tension, Mm -hmm. my, like, thinking, Mm -hmm. my heady kind of tension in my neck and shoulders. Mm. And I know that if I'm feeling tense there, then that's a sign that I've got stuff I've got to do my self-care things that help me just chill out my brain (laughs) yes 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 and I pretty recently discovered that I hold a lot of my emotional tension in my butt cheeks there you go (laughs) yeah that's so so interesting my glutes get super really tight my emotional interesting so that was a really cool Yes. Like, ah, that there's, there's a connection. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're really becoming so aware. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, Daily, what sorts of rituals and routines do you weave into your days in terms of plant medicine to ensure ongoing self-care? Um, so... I might go back to talking about my cycle stuff again. Yeah, of course. That, I'd love that. I guess that for me, it changes. Yeah, throughout um, the different phases. The yeah. Different phases. Yeah. And so, like, for this phase I'm in at the moment, mm-hmm. I've just started bleeding. Yeah. So I'm in what I call my dream phase yeah. or just my rest phase. Yes. And um, one, one ritual that I have been doing for quite a while now is I have so I'm a really like lover of hot chocolate mm-hmm. and hot chocolate's my drink yes <laughs> especially chocolate. in this phase <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's something that is um very much in my um bleeding phase but I try and kind of chill it out a little bit so I can rest a bit more yes um in this time and I drink a blend I've got a dear friend down in Bellingen mm-hmm. who has a little business, Bellingen Organic mm. Tea, and she has a beautiful blend um, that has nettles and rose petals, oh. rosella and lemon bar. Oh, and wow. that, I drink that when I'm bleeding. I uh-huh. feel like I'm not a massive herbal tea drinker. Okay, like yeah. I, I often think of it 
and I reach for the cocoa. Yes, <laughs> the out. chocolate is what you <laughs> want. Yeah. So I, so I feel like I need to remind myself mm. that, that when I drink that tea mm. during this time, it's a beautiful like pink tea. Beautiful. From the rose petals and, the rose petals. and really and iron rich. And iron yes. rich. It yes. feels that iron, and then the lemon balm for the chill. Yeah. So that's become something that a really nice routine. Yeah. Alongside rest. That's and beautiful. Trying to just slow down mm. a bit in this time. Mm. Um, so that's my self-care in there. And then yep. um, once I've kind of had a few days of chilling, yes. I'll start to feel that estrogen rising. Yep. And that phase, my do phase, mm-hmm. you know, that is um, very much self-care, I think, pretty much goes out the window in that yes. time. That's when yes. I just... Go. want to go go do yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want to do everything yes. and I love it I yes. love being in that yeah. really like busy yeah. and productive yeah. part of my cycle where I can get a little bit hectic so yeah. I tend to tick things off lists in mm. that phase and I do a lot of exercise mm. and I feel like that phase um I feel like I'm caring for myself just by honouring that yeah. that's when I do stuff. And yes. doing stuff busily then is great for me. Yes. So I feel like yeah. that, that works then. Yeah. And then when I come into, um, you know, after ovulating and then feeling those hormones plummeting a bit and yeah. then with the progesterone rising, mm. um, that give phase, mm. and these, these names come from... Lucy Peach's book, yes. Periquid. Yes. Such a great book. It is. Such wonderful book. book. <laughs> um, so that give phase, for me, that's, I just feel that's, if I have that favourite, that's my favourite phase. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yes. Because it's so, I feel so chill. Yeah. And so happy calm. and calm. Yeah, yeah. Keen to hang out with people. Yeah, a bit more social. Um, a bit more yeah. social. And, yeah. Um, and that's. Again, like self-care in that time, I'm not thinking so much about it because I'm feeling pretty good generally. Yeah, yep. So I don't reach for mm. any particular self-care mm-hmm. um, yeah, things. Mm. Um, and then it's, I guess, my take phase or my creative phase, mm-hmm. which is before I bleed, that's when I'm really... Um, yeah, that's when I'm reaching for self-care more because mm. that's that time is when I know that I need some alone time. Yes. I know that baths are really beautiful at that time. Mm. Um, I know that, like, cooking up yummy food yes. is really good at that time. Yes, and, yeah. Um, setting yourself up for a really nice bleed. Setting myself yeah. up for a really nice bleed, yeah. yeah. Um, and that, if I... If I really honour that in that mm-hmm. time, then I know my next cycle mm. will be much smoother. smoother. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. really lovely. I love yeah. that description of cyclical awareness and how you've broken it down into how our needs change during mm. those phases and how you've really tailored your self-care yeah. to match well, each of those phases. Yeah. thinking about the question. Amazing. It's like, oh, I'm really getting pretty on to that these days yeah Yeah. you are and so I think we've covered a lot of the next question but I'll ask it anyway in case you have anything else to add so the next question was what sorts of benefits do you see in your mind body and spirit when you look to the plants for self-care um oh so many yeah I think I think for me 
the general interwoven relationship and connection that I have with my garden mm. is probably my deepest mm. self-care. Yeah. I feel like um, the developing relationship through actively planting, harvesting, using and observing mm. plants over their growth cycles. Mm. And I think, you know, I've been on the same land now for 10 years yeah. and that's, I've experienced the seasons change that many times yes. now. And um, I feel like just having that awareness and being in that relationship with my garden and the mm. plants feels really grounding and mm-hmm. it feels like it gives me this real sense of place mm. um and I guess the only other land that I've really known so well is far north Queensland that mm-hmm. I'm not there and it's mm. when I was a child so it's a different yeah relationship yeah um yeah so I feel like the benefits of the understanding and the knowing how plants um are relating to the heat and the cold mm. and, the, and the wind and when they bloom mm. and when they die and when they seed and when all of those things, I feel like um, they bring the greatest benefits, mm. I guess, which is the, just being in connection. grounded in yeah. connection. Yeah. yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah. You've spoken about um, calendula and the really deep relationship with that you have and how you've been using her medicine in your balms for such a long time. Are there any other herbs in your garden, either previously or currently, that you've been using sort of either in the kitchen or as a as a medicine for your family? Um, yeah, we use comfrey a fair mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, How do you use comfrey? We, well, we've used it um, to make balm before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we've recently started making poultice Mm. and that was when my youngest son hurt his arm skateboarding Uh so we looked to he's very much you know wants to like be proactive about it yes yes (laughs) about things so we looked up together how to make poultices we blended the leaves um just with some water and then we put it wrapped in some paper mm. and we just we froze those and then oh. we were taking those out of the freezer and putting that them would have been beautiful and soothing, nice yeah, and cold. cold yeah, and wrapping bandages around that. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of got a bit drippy. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit messy. Yes, but. Yeah, yeah. He felt like they were that's doing good, him well. so and that would have eased the bruising a lot too. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So comfrey is amazing like mm. that. Um, so we use comfrey, and um, elder is probably mm-hmm. um, one of my favorites at the mm. moment. Um, it's flowering beautifully at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we're making cordial. How old is your elder tree? couple of years mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. getting it's probably about four meters tall mm-hmm. now and it's spreading mm-hmm. its little suckers around mm-hmm. <laughs> which um is nice kind of <laughs> <laughs> as long as it stays <laughs> moving a bit close to the pomegranate <laughs> but um yeah so we use the flower and i use them on cakes and mm. i use them I just, they're so pretty little stars Aren't they little stunning shape. yes um, fairy flowers yes yes so um, you said you made cordial yeah we yeah, made yum. cordial yum. um make a syrup with those yes yeah. um and then the berries, I have 
used a lot to make dye for my paper. Oh. Um, what sort of what fun. what color does that come out as? Uh, a really beautiful blue. Mm. Yeah, I was expecting a purple, mm. but those I think those anthocyanin mm. dyes that they yeah react with the yes. paper yeah. pulp, and mm. then they I get a lot of blues beautiful. from those. Beautiful. Yeah, so oh. playing with lots of dye with the berries, yeah. but also we make an immune syrup, nice. which is probably. The yeah. biggest thing we do. do you oh, some... Actually, and we make mead. <laughs> we also make mead with elderberry. Tell us about that. Oh, mead is a real big love of yep. both my partner, Jesse, and I. Yep. It's probably more Jesse's thing now. Mm-hmm. He's really gotten into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use a lot of plants from the garden to yeah. make mead. And elder's, I think, our favourite because mm-hmm. it really makes it really yummy. I mm. think it's called, I oh, know, that's the mulberry, it's called the morat. Anyway, so... To make elder mead, we get the berries mm-hmm. and um, just mash them up mm-hmm. and put them in a big vat with honey. Mm. Um, and we do a natural fermenting mm-hmm. method. Mm-hmm. So we've got a fork that Jesse made from wood. That's our mead fork, mm-hmm. and it hangs in the kitchen. And we use that to stir. So you, ah. over two weeks, you agitate the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, to allow all the yeasts to come in. Mm. Um, the fork doesn't get washed, it gets hung up, and mm-hmm. as it's hanging, the yeasts come and ah. attracted to it. And then every time you stir, you're kind of putting more yeah. in. And by the end of two weeks, you're starting to see bubbles and starting Beautiful. to ferment. And then from there, it, um, we strain it mm-hmm. into um, big glass carboys. Mm-hmm. And we put airlocks in the top and they sit for six months. Oh, wow. And then they can go into bottles. Okay. And they just get better with yeah. time. <laughs> and yeah. so the elderberry, elderberry mead has a quite strong elderberry flavour. Is it similar um, to the syrup that you make or quite different? No, it's quite different. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's quite yeah. different. It's, um, yeah, really fermented. Mm-hmm. So um, beautiful, rich purple deep mm. purple color um and i'm assuming just as medicinal yeah, yeah. Um, and a fun way to mm, <laughs> absolutely elderberry. yeah yeah and does it have spices and things in it too or is it mainly the elderberry that's the the we, dominant you tried all different yeah things. okay so, uh, just plain elderberry makes a really lovely mead mm-hmm. um we've also done some with elderberry and i think we've done orange and cinnamon and clove mm. we did one time um, we make mead with um, lavender and mandarin. That wow. was a really nice combination. Yeah. Um, we've made it with elderflower as well, actually. Oh, really subtle. And with rose. Uh-huh. And, yeah, with all of... I feel like the mead making is... While I'm making paper or while I'm harvesting for paper, yes. I'm also harvesting for mead. Yes. And Jessie's making that brew yes. and I'm making yes. this brew. I'm gorgeous. we got a pretty messy house. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. so much deliciousness yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> making is real joy. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about the elderberry syrup. What do you put in that? Um, in that one, we put um, so the elderberries, cook it up with honey, and um, no, the honey comes in next, so we cook it up with cinnamon. Mm. Um, what else do I put in there? Cinnamon. Oh, I can't quite remember right now. Mm. There's like a few other things Spices as well. Spices and ginger. things. Ginger. Oh, ginger. yes. Ginger, elderberry. Um, 
I've just started growing ginger. I just had oh. my first harvest last year and I'm just planting the gets. Oh, very beautiful. exciting. Growing ginger is very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few other things. And then we cook that down and then add raw honey. Yeah. And bottle it like mm. that. Yeah. And is that something you just use during the winter months or whenever? Mostly. Yeah. yeah. So during that whole um, pandemic time, mm-hmm. we were using it a lot to keep the immune system mm. strong. But um, I normally, yeah, just have it around in the mm, winter. Such beautiful, mm. potent medicine grown mm. right outside. Yep. Yeah. And we'll sometimes make it into jellies. Oh, like, yeah. Like gelatin. And the boys will like to eat it more like that. Ah, uh, so that's, that's clever. A yeah. That's a good little tip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've already shared some really beautiful recipes and rituals. But my last question was, do you have a special recipe ritual routine using plant medicine for self-care that you'd like to share? Um, I was going to talk about my process as an artist in this question, oh, but I yes. feel like I've already done yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, because I feel like that, um, that kind of recipe or those processes yes. are my deepest self-care. Yeah. I feel like, I think, um... Even just honouring the fact that I am an artist and I can't even help it. <laughs> I yes. have to do it. Yes. That is really Important. deep self-care. Yeah. I feel like just allowing myself, giving myself the time and space to really um, explore the processes, mm. explore the growing and weaving my garden into my work, mm-hmm. I feel like that choice makes is really, really been just so good for my mm. spirit. Um, so I was going to talk about that there, but I could share. I've got one other recipe. I'd love you to. Um, <laughs> that is a real ritual mm-hmm. when we're a bit under the weather mm-hmm. or um, a bit sick. Yep. And when I thought about this question, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been making that for a long time. Yeah. And that's a healing soup. Ah. Um, and it pretty much is all comes from our garden, oh, except good. for one ingredient, yep. which is the. Do you call it astragalus? Yes, astragalus. Yes, or astragalus. I was calling it. Yeah. Someone said <laughs> <laughs> astragalus is how I say it. Astragalus is a real. It's only the last few years I've really discovered mm-hmm. astragalus, and I love that one. Mm. So that one goes into the pot yep. with ginger and garlic. And onions and turmeric, mm-hmm. um, lemon thyme, mm. oh, any kind of thyme, rosemary. Mm-hmm. I feel like rosemary is a really mm. powerful yes. one. Yes. Um, rosemary, and then um, we have chickens at home, so mm-hmm. it makes the best mm. if we have our own homegrown mm-hmm. chicken, mm-hmm. which we don't always have. We if we do, I've noticed those soups. Super special, <laughs> yeah. Yes. But a chicken. Yeah. And. Um, and then brew that up for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, add heaps of parsley and lots mm. of just fresh greens mm. from the garden. And that that soup feels like it is so nourishing. Yes. And so healing. Yes. And so grounding. Yes. And so that's something we, our whole family, well, except for my boy Ogre, I make a vegetarian version for uh-huh. him. Yeah. And I use more shiitake yes. and um, mushrooms. Yes. I put shiitake in. Houses with mm-hmm. that. His is more mushroom based, yeah. um, and that feels like something everybody just mm. loves. <laughs> so it's a good one. And so one. even more healing, knowing that everything in it has come from your garden. Yeah, you've nourished it, yeah. nurtured it, and now it's 
full circle coming back and nourishing and nurturing yeah. you. I love that. And I love the addition of astragalus yeah. to the soup. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. That that I think that's a recipe that will resonate with a lot of people. I think that's a really mm. lovely one that you can really sort of shift and change to what you have available in your garden or in your yeah. pantry. And as you said, you can even sort of shift it to make a vegetarian version, yeah, yeah. and still be super nourishing. So before we finish up daily, I was just wondering if you had anything in the pipeline in terms of artistic endeavours that you'd like to share. I know you spoke a little bit about textiles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, so I've got my very dear, my closest sister, mm-hmm. Clary. She's a clothing designer mm-hmm. and we've worked together in the past. Um, I've block printed my... Um, imagery onto her clothing design in the past and for seven years actually we worked together doing that Mm -hmm. when I decided to really start delving into my own process and work again which sort of came about when my boys were big enough to Mm -hmm. allow me that time Mm -hmm. yeah I felt like it was time to really start to go again into my art practice um I stopped moved away from doing that with her and it's interesting that now it's full coming circle. full circle yeah. back and we're yeah. both getting very excited about a collaboration that we're bringing to um, my, like my, an extension of what I'm doing with my paper and mm-hmm. my prints now. So we're working on uh, collections of wearable pieces. Mm. So Clary's really, her strengths are really in... Um, like comfortable, practical, beautiful, feminine mm-hmm. um, pieces that really suit lots of different body shapes mm-hmm. and lots of different um, sizes of beautiful women and her clothing just makes you feel good. Mm. So we're working with some screen printers in Melbourne mm-hmm. and we're going to be taking my and putting them onto her onto her designs but we're working together like we're designing collections with intention that each piece um, really holds uh, uh, I was gonna say a medicine but more like holds a real um, energy mm-hmm. um, and this first collection we've got a diamond python oh, wow. Um, two-piece outfit that's a really powerful outfit wow it's all made with australian made um organic cotton Mm. that's all like knitted in melbourne Mm -hmm. and then that will be printed screen printed in melbourne and then coming back to us um and then we're also working with the flannel flowers (gasps) outfit that um feels really it's like a a jumpsuit and it's it's a really um comfortable stretchy jumpsuit oh, that feels like you can do anything in oh, your pocket wow and it's covered in flannel flowers mm-hmm. but they're not not in the kind of colors you might imagine the, okay. the whites and yes. the sage green that yep. the flannels are we're going more of this like it's like a black suit with ah. a brown print and i feel like we're bringing that like that sensual yeah. nature of the flannel flowers. I really, because um, when I started reading about the um, the flower essence mm-hmm. of the flannel, yes. I felt really like, oh, that 
well, I, I love it mm. so much. And, and that's that um, getting connected with your, like, sensual mm-hmm. nature and, mm-hmm. and healing around um, being comfortable in mm-hmm. your body and yourself. And I really felt like that would be beautiful to work mm. and to, to move around on. I've mm-hmm. made a bandana recently with yes, on it. I've I seen wear, that I wear that when I feel like I need a yeah, bit of that medicine. That's good. But this outfit, I feel like it's going to be a real combination of bringing that gentle and um, powerful um, medicine of the flannel mm-hmm. into an outfit that's really um, comfortable and practical and yeah, mm. like you can take it with you. You, know, mm. you can take that plant magic with you. Yes. Um, and then the other one we're working on is an opium poppy dress. Oh. And that's also playing with bees. So that relationship of pollinators and the opium poppies oh. and the medicine and the magic and the opium poppies. Yeah. So it's a very feminine, beautiful, earthy dress mm. that um, is got that motif going on. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that mm. energy. That's beautiful. And have you got a release date yet or not yet? Um, no. It's, mm-hmm. Everything's been a bit wild with mm. the state of things. Yeah. So things keep getting pushed back. And But next year, mm-hmm. um, I'd say, yeah, maybe in the first half of next mm-hmm. year sometime. Yeah. But it's coming together. Yeah. yeah that's there's a lot in it. There's a lot. <laughs> definitely something to keep an eye out for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been such a beautiful chat daily. Oh, I've really loved, you. you know, hearing about your journey and your connection to your land and how that really influences your artwork. And yeah. I really appreciate you coming in to chat today. Thanks, Jess. It's been so nice. <laughs> it Thanks has. For me. It's been great. <laughs> I'm so glad you tuned into this episode of Self-Care with Herbs, a segment of the Elder Tree podcast. The Elder Tree is a non-profit dedicated to empowering people through grassroots herbal education and earth skills, weaving a strong community of herbalists, healers and plant folk in Australia. The Elder Tree is in the beginning stages of creating a grassroots herbal education centre and healing sanctuary on the Atherton Tablelands, Far North Queensland. You can head over to theeldertree.org to find out more and follow the journey on Instagram and Facebook. You can also donate to The Elder Tree via our podcast channel on Anchor or via the website. If you liked the episode, we'd love you to subscribe. And if you know who we should interview next, drop us a line. I hope you found something in this episode that has inspired you to begin to lean into those plant allies and to experience your practice of self-care blossoming and blooming. I look forward to sharing more ways you can weave plant medicine into your days next month.